Dan Lukowitz. This is another great episode of the CRE Pro Show, and today we've got another great guest. This individual has been on the show before, he's been on other shows of mine, and he is an incredible individual, an incredible CRE Pro participant, a CRE professional. We love him. His name's Greg Katz. He's the vice president of real estate strategy, and he focuses on all kinds of cool things like enhancing strategic insights into the real estate trends, market dynamics, consumer shopping behavior, and leveraging best-in-class data and analytics. Greg Katz, how you doing, Greg? Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, we've had you on the show before, which is pretty cool. We appreciate you giving us your time. I usually ask the guests to tell us about themselves. Let's just assume people are a little bit crazy and they haven't watched previous episodes of this show. If that's the case, go back and rewind and watch them. If you don't want to, let's just ask Greg right now live. Who is Greg Katz? Well, I kind of would sum it up in in maybe one sentence or a couple sentences. One is, is CRE strategist. Um, data analytics geek, for better or worse, um, and and love to talk, love to talk and, and investigate the trends and what's happening out there. It's just it's, it's so much fun, right? So much going on, especially these days, Dan. Absolutely. I mean, I tell people I don't work for a living because this is not work. This is fun, and and you're one of my favorite guys because we just we get each other. We get it. We're both CRE pros. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. It's. Uh, there's this group of people out there that I think are, are forward thinking and trendsetters. You're definitely one of them. And it's always fun to catch up and have that dialogue because I, I look, I, I hope I hope people learn something, but I also learn something in, in the conversation with you as well. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that we are the commercial real estate investing Illuminati. I like that. I'm I know, I like it too. I like it too. Uh, I made it up myself, but anyway, before we get off on a tangent having too much fun, let's have some fun talking about commercial real estate and what's going on in the world right now. So on a previous episode, we talked about an interesting four-letter word called the mall, right? Very interesting topics today relating to the mall. We talked a little bit about retail and what's going on, adaptive reuses for office, and we talked about Barry Wolf, right? We love him. He'll be on the show soon. We talked about um, what's going on in the malls, what the experience is like. I know you mentioned that malls aren't malls, and I couldn't agree with you more, that you know, there's going to be adaptive reuses to hotels, to apartments, to fun space. One of the things we did not talk about is adaptive reuse of retail and office to industrial. Okay, talk to me about your thoughts on that. That's a good one. So, you know, I think from that perspective, we're we're already seeing a lot of this happen. Um, I would actually, you know, my one of my favorites with this is is I guess the other, not four letter, but still bad word out there for a lot of retail real estate folks, and that's Amazon, right? And oh, you, know, you look at what Amazon- By the way, former you know, Amazon doing. business development executive here. You know that. <laughs> well, yeah, Those are yeah, some fighting absolutely. words. <laughs> you know, but look, I think those guys are, they, they're doing some interesting stuff with uh, the rumor out there about department store and obviously Amazon Fresh coming out. And I, I think it connects because for them, I think it's really a lot about industrial too, right? I think these stores yes. serve from a retail perspective, but they also serve the industrial side. They serve that last mile and the distribution and and getting things from store to store or point to point. And I think that kind of brings up that bigger trend, right? Of the industrial and, and retail spaces crossing over significantly. And you know, retail being used for 
for distribution and industrial, I think slowly starting to become used for retail to a certain degree. Yes. And I think it's, that's going to be a ton of fun to watch, right? And be part of. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So I want to turn the tables and have you ask any questions you have for this CRE Pro. Before we do that, I want to know what you say to anyone who thinks or is under the misguided belief that retail is dead. That is nothing more than a little bit of clickbait for those great headlines, right? It's you <laughs> got to have the negative out there um, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna put out anything in press these days. It seems like, and you know, it's it's so far from the truth, man. It's it's just it's fun to watch this reinvigoration and this innovation and everything that's happening and the new concepts that are coming out there and the you know the ones that everybody said were dead like best buy showing everybody how wrong they are it's just it's kind of cool out there I and mean, i think anybody that thinks retail is dead just needs to look around at what's happening now look is there's some there's some definite retailers that are having a hard time out there but when do they not right when when is it not be been where there's concepts in distress and there's concepts innovating it's it's a natural cycle and i think that natural cycle continues and and maybe it accelerates because of COVID, but the strong survive and the ones that are doing it right survive and and they continue to innovate it's it's definitely not dead it's actually um going through a really cool innovative stage right now absolutely the cool innovation is the adaptive reuse of the space it's the adaptive mindset of not only the consumer but the investor and the corporations the big guys the small guys the big girls small it doesn't matter how much you weigh everybody right all those people are adapting and and the ones that adapt it's not just the strong survive it's those that adapt that survive and thrive the best so let's turn the tables okay you got the mic and i see you're wearing the wired headphones so you watch the video which is awesome greg follows directions <laughs> love that what questions do you have for this cre pro all right, so here's one for you I've been waiting to ask, okay? So I've just, I've been watching the, the Amazon and Walmart kind of these, this war that's going on and Target kind of gets involved. You know, you hear that name periodically, but how, how do you see the, how do you see that, that shaping out and, and, and what does that future look like for you? Especially, you know, you might be a little biased on the Amazon side, but but what do you see happening from a Walmart and Amazon perspective? I mean, they seem to be very reactive to each other. Yeah, excellent question. And I would say I'm not biased. I'm honest. And full disclosure, I am a shareholder of Amazon. I am a shareholder of Target. I am not currently a shareholder of Walmart. Um, I have a background as an Amazon business development executive. And I believe very strongly in the corporation of Target. I think that Amazon is an interesting place. It's an interesting culture and an interesting um, you know, its own really biosphere. Walmart is fascinating because Walmart has just this incredible penetration into the U.S. market in terms of demographically speaking. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but but a large 90 or 95 percent of the U.S. population lives within, I think, five or 10 miles of a Walmart. They also have an incredible amount of capital behind them and U.S. wealth. You know, the, the, the Walton family, those members, I think maybe four or five of those family members, the, the inheritors or the, the individuals from the original, you know, Sam Walton, they're like of, of like the four or five wealthiest individuals in the country. Um, Amazon is the great aggregator. And I think if, if you don't know what an aggregator is in 2021, 
then you really miss the point of the last 10 years of, of retail and, and tech growth. Because the aggregators of the world, you know, the DoorDashes and the Ubers and the, the Amazons, you know, what some people label, and I have to be very careful um, about what I say here, but some people label this a prostitute workforce, okay? And in a certain sense, it is, right? Because what we're doing is we're making the the employee kind of like a commodity. Let's trade employees, right? Instead of paying benefits and instead of giving out 401k and all these other things that employer, employees should or should not get according to you know your own belief system, what we do is we say, okay, well, you know, Greg Katz, for example, let's use you as an example, or Dan Lukowitz, right? Greg Katz has um, an hour right now, and you know, Bob Smith needs to get from point A to point B, and Greg's kind of nearby. Let's send Greg out there. We don't have to pay him benefits. We don't have to, you know, give him insurance. Actually, he has to pay incredibly expensive insurance. But that actually just went up, which is going to totally rattle those markets. And now Greg is going to drive whatever I said, the person, right? And then he might stop and he might pick up some two by fours and he might drive the two by four somewhere. And then he might go and grab some Taco Bell, right? And take the Taco Bell to someone else. So all these corporations have outsourced the labor to Greg Katz. And Greg is just like, okay, cool. I'm driving in my vehicle. It's very interesting. And that's going to have massive implications to the consumer automotive markets as well as the freight automotive markets like semis, okay, like electric vehicles, like autonomous semis. Okay. Now back to the app actual corporations themselves. Amazon, great aggregator. Amazon, huge employer. A um, lot of things to say about Amazon. We're going to keep it, you know, very um, neutral, as they say. Okay, formerly employed there. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of my position on the company, um, we'll see what happens in terms of antitrust. Okay, we'll see what happens. Very interesting that Bezos kind of stepped down and went to Blue Origin. Another fascinating point: you look at major corporations and mega wealthy people like Amazon, Jeff Bezos, like Microsoft, Bill Gates, like Tesla, Elon Musk. Okay, all these individuals are actually motivated in part by space colonization and space travel, and they're all pulling away from their major companies and going into space. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, there's a whole nother schmooze there, but for the purposes of our conversation, I think Amazon is a unique company, and, and Amazon is incredibly powerful and ubiquitous. They're everywhere. What people don't realize, most people, they're starting to realize it now, is that Amazon's cash cow is not Amazon business marketplace, which I was part of. It's not Amazon consumer-facing marketplace. It's actually AWS, Amazon Web Services, powering all of the back end for a huge portion of the, the, the market uh, and the internet. And in fact, Amazon Web Service powers Netflix, okay, a competitor. And at a certain point when Netflix went down years ago, I heard from the, the mouth of the, the, one of the directors of Amazon Business that, ne that uh, Netflix was using 30% of the bandwidth of the, of the internet. They're a competitor to Amazon and they're powered by Amazon Web Services. Many commercial brokerages websites are powered by Amazon Web Service. So their penetration into technology, information, retail, everything is incredible. We're not even going to talk about their industrial penetration. That is just mind-boggling. Target, great company. Why I like Target is that Bed Bath & Beyond started closing stores all over the place, giving Target more market share. Walmart, they're going to put up a big fight against Amazon. I'm very excited to see that fight play out. How's that? That's, I like that. I like that. Awesome answer. And I will tell you that I think the other piece of this equation is, especially Walmart and Amazon, these are companies that can try a lot of things and some of them can fail and it's perfectly fine, yep. right? They, they've, got the, they've got the bandwidth, they've got the resources and the capital. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And so when you, you know, I think everyone gets in a panic when they see things like, well, you know, Amazon's going to get into the department store arena or Amazon's now- They already are in the department store arena. 
They already Absolutely. are. Look at their partner, their partnership with Kohl's from the last few years. It's Absolutely, not a partnership right? at all. And it's not a partnership. It's, no, no, because people it's are It's a cannibalistic going and, opportunity. It, it's absolutely. People are going there, dropping off their packages and leaving. <laughs> they're, they're not shopping. And so at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's brilliant strategies. And again, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And they'll move on to something else. And, and, and because they've got the core and the foundation. One of the, the interesting ones that, that uh, I've been watching is it, it, it appears, and I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it appears that Walmart's now looking to start supplying small businesses in a different way, distribution and, and, and supply using their logistics network. And, you know, that's an interesting one, right? Because now, yes. you're, now you're really, you're, you're taking over the, in essence, you're taking over that retail point. They're following Amazon's world, footsteps right? on that regard. They absolutely right. are. Right. That's what we did when I worked for Amazon Business. That is what we did. We onboarded new businesses across the world, right, to Amazon Business so that they could buy and sell their products through our system. Because keep in mind, Amazon has probably now over 550 million products in their catalog. That's an estimate. When I was there, there were about 400 to 440 million. The vast majority were never owned by Amazon. The vast majority were fulfilled by Amazon. And the vast majority were actually in warehouses that the company was paying Amazon to rent. They were paying Amazon to package. They were paying Amazon to, to ship. And then, of course, they're paying Amazon to use their platform, right? Whatever that is, depending on the category, 12, 15, 18%, whatever it is. And then in addition, right, they're paying to store their stuff there. And then they're paying Amazon with sponsored product ads so that they come up higher on Amazon's list. Uh, an interesting company that I'm very, very uh, keen on watching right now, specifically in the commercial real estate space, specifically in the hotel space, the resort space, the multifamily space, not multifamily maybe, but yes, you know, that kind of, of space is actually Google. Okay. Google is going to come out with something incredible that's going to totally disrupt the Airbnb market, the, the, um, the VRBO market, the resort market. And anyone who thinks they're getting things for free from these companies like email addresses or data or storage is could not be more mistaken. I mean, these are the great data collecting companies. In my opinion right now, Greg, I'm curious what you think, but data is one of the most, if not the most valuable commodities in the world. Agree. And, and, I, and I, will, I will add something to that. I think the data itself has become to a certain degree, and there's definite exceptions to end, but data has become somewhat commoditized in the fact that if you really want it, you can find it. I think what's starting to differentiate out there, and it's actually one of the reasons I, I was really excited about my career switch is, is data and how you use it, right? And using yes. the right data and, and asking the right questions. and. I think that's the differentiator right now. It's not getting the data because you know as well as I do, you can go out there and there'll be ten of these ten of these providers saying mine's better than theirs and theirs is better than you know this one and so forth and so on. At the end of the day, how you use it and how you educate people to use it—that's the differentiator. Absolutely, data and how you use it. I would add, it's how data uses you. Okay, so if you're ever doing anything and you're not receiving advertisements for a product, Greg, it's probably because you are the product. Agreed. And, and I, you know, look, I think there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of discussion around all of that, right? And, and how do you as a, an individual, um, 
leverage the fact that your data is a product. Um, but I think the flip side. You are the product, though. You are the product. Yeah. Look at the great yeah. aggregators. Look at your, your, your data is being bought, sold, transferred, and you are the product. You may be the one that's no advertising. Question. Barry Wolf is advertising for Tesla on Dan on Top. Greg and Dan are advertising for Amazon, Walmart, Target, Apple on this show. We are the product. No, absolutely. Um, I do think, however, that 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 there the advantage to the consumer is still, you know, that's a big discussion is still taking place, right? Because if it can be more targeted and I can get more of what I'm looking for, when I'm looking for, how I'm looking for it, then to me it's a win-win. And you know, the monetization, that's that's a whole different discussion of whether there should be monetization for individuals around the data. But I do think it can be a win-win if done correctly yeah. and and benefit everybody, right? So it just makes it makes those ads that you get more relevant or more important and it makes um, you know it makes what you're looking for easier to find, et cetera. Absolutely. No question about it. So we're about to wrap up. I think we have only a few minutes left. Before we change gears and go to another great guest on the CRE Pro Course show, the CRE Pro Show, I should say, right? I'd like to know if there's any parting words you wanted to end with, Greg. I think probably from my perspective, it's this. Um, there's a ton of open runway out there, Dan, on the yes. retail side, on the real estate side. And those that don't see it should just, I mean, and not be blunt, find another career. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there. It's definitely there. And, and, and it's, this is an exciting time. Um, I just continue to, to, to feel it and to see it. And I hope everyone, you know, takes advantage of it. I know you are. Um, and I hope everyone kind of follows your lead and, and continues to do so. A lot of excitement out there. That's, I think, the big thing. You heard it here first, Greg Katz telling you to take advantage and to listen to Dan Lukowitz. There's a lot of open <laughs> runway out there. It's an exciting time. Feel it, see it, enjoy it. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of the CRE Pro Show. This is Greg Katz. You've been a great product. I I'm sorry, you've been a great guest on the CRE Pro Show. <laughs> really appreciate your time, brother. Thank you, Dan. Now, if you could just jive with me for the outro music, we make all our guests do this, okay? I'm Dan Lukowitz. That's Greg Katz. This has been another great episode of the CRE Pro Show. And I'll look forward to seeing you soon.